Hey, everybody, Sherry's back from the writing glitch. I am with Audrey Codner. She is a math tutor in Baltimore area. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I greatly appreciate this. How is everyone doing? Oh, it has been an amazing ride working on this project. I am so glad and so excited to learn more about you, Audrey. Could you share a little bit about what math tutoring means to you? Yes, it was my escape from the classroom, if I wanted to put it that way. I used to be a classroom teacher for 18 years, and just before the pandemic hit, I just basically decided it's time for me to go. And then I made the shift. I had my ups, I had my downs, but I definitely know that this is like the best decision that I made. And I'm able to help students not only in my state, but I also can help students throughout the United States, as well as Nairobi, Kenya and Cairo, Egypt. Ah, that's amazing. International students. Isn't that what this world of Internet has brought us is brought everything so much closer together? In fact, who knows if we would have ever crossed paths, even though we live, what, three hours apart without the Internet? Exactly. (laughs) Anyway, so you've talked about a little bit about how you got here. What is unique about the way you help the students in math? I used to struggle when I was younger with mathematics. As soon as they put letters and numbers together, aka algebra, everything just went crazy. So no word problems, no. Fractions, no. No matter what happened, I just couldn't do it. Even my parents, when it got to that point, they were just like, we don't know how to help you. So I take a lot of that when I get my clients and just have the patience and be able to break down. So it's almost like I'm a translator between the child and the teacher. So it's, okay, this is what your teacher is telling you. And this is the reason why you're doing that. And for me to be a former teacher of that subject matter or that concept, I can say, all right, this is what's going to happen next. And I can give those students a heads up. So then when it's time to get that instruction in class, they're like, oh, I know how to do this or I've seen this before. And that recognition alleviates the stress and the strain. So when they go into the concept, they're perfectly fine. So you're helping them out before the teacher is really teaching it? Sometimes, sometimes. Like for example, like everything has a sequence. So if they're learning like linear equations and they're learning how to graph a linear equation, usually the next step after they go through Y equals MX plus B, like slope intercept form and even standard form, we know that the next step is usually the inequalities. So I start talking to them about the inequalities and say, you know, how you did this, you're going to see it in another light. And by seeing this and let me show it to you, all I'm doing is now I'm adding the shading. And the reason why you're doing the shading is because you don't want to pick each and every single solitary point that makes that statement true. And they're like, oh, okay. So it's like sometimes I like to give them those heads up 
because when they go into the concepts, because the concepts are a lot quicker now, it just seems like when they go into it, they're like, okay, Miss Audrey told me about this. So I'm not so anxious when it's time to get that new concept that's being taught in the class. Got it. Got it. So let's take this down to a little bit more granular level. Let's talk about one of your students. Don't have to reveal their name. Honestly, we we don't want to breach confidentiality. But tell us about the success of one of your students, where they were, where they ended up, one of your tutoring students. What were some of the techniques that you used? The reason I'm asking that is so we can really give the teachers some little tools and nuggets to take away. So first, especially with me being a tutor, I'm really into building the relationships. So we don't have to be the best of friends. And I know it's hard, especially for those that are in the classroom. You have 30 plus kids and it's really hard to give that individual instruction. So for me, I have a lot of one-to-one, and then I also have a couple pairs of kids. And when I can think of one particular young lady whose mom was a friend of a friend, and they reached out, and she just was not very strong in math. She was frustrated. The first time I met, I said, hello, and then she started to cry. Like, not just like a little tear, like the one tear that everyone sees in movies and stuff. No, it was the ugly cry. And you Bella. can like sense right away, you know, okay, what, what's happening? And she's I just don't get anything. I'm stupid. Just every negative word possible without cursing, she basically shared in a matter of less than two minutes. And then I just basically said, look. I'm not here to judge. And with me being a tutor, I just really basically take each moment at a time. And I said, look, if you're not comfortable with me, guess what? I only get, let's not even say I get paid per session because some people like to pay for the whole month. So that means you're stuck with me for that whole month. So I'm just like, look, I get paid per session. If you don't like me, if you don't think that we're going to get along, you don't have to ever see me again. And that's perfectly fine. You don't have to worry about anything. And the first three sessions that we had, it was like, you can tell when she starts getting frustrated. And like, you can see the tension in the shoulders. You're not leaning forward. They're mostly leaning back. Just all those little cues. That posture. And, and you're just like, okay. And after you get to know a kid, it usually takes me like a session. Once I get to know them, I'm like, okay, are you feeling overwhelmed? And then the waterworks came. And I was like, okay, if you need to take a moment, please. And then we talk at the end. At least I got that opportunity that I can do that. But when you're in the classroom, it's hard to do that. But as the years go on, it's always, I can remember the kids in the classroom, the ones that really just plucked your nerve a little bit, (laughs) ended up being at the end of the year, your favorite student. I know we're not supposed to have favorites, but it always happens because they were trying to test you. Yeah. They're also testing themselves. They're trying to figure out how to win, not just you over, but themselves over as well. Exactly. Because they're going against so much. One, they're probably not comfortable with math, period. 
Now you're trying to introduce another concept. Two, they were probably used to their previous teacher because that was their familiar. That was their comfort zone. And now all of a sudden, here comes some new random person. So sometimes it's like a matter of be human. Like you are not a robot. You're going to make mistakes. And for me, I tell the kids, I make a mistake. And if I make a mistake, I'll sometimes I'll call myself like, hey, guys, I just screwed up. Where did I make a mistake at? And it freaks the kids out because they're like, teacher making a mistake? <laughs> yes, it happens. I'm a human being. That's what happens. But they and think that you're just a human calculator. Yeah, Sorry about that. I overrode you. Sometimes I like to make those mistakes with the kids intentionally. Yes. And, and watch their eyes because they they just think they have this misperception that adults are perfect. Because they were told that if you need assistance, go to adult. So they think that all adults don't make mistakes. And when they catch them, like sometimes the kids are like, you made a mistake. (laughs) And they're putting it in your face. You're like, okay, I got it. Okay. All right. (laughs) Okay. The moment's over. But when So go back to my young lady. After a while, we just start working things, taking it step by step. And I know sometimes it's tough for some teachers because you know the content inside and out. You can do it in your sleep. But you got to remember that the kids in your classroom, this is their first time seeing it. And sometimes just being patient enough just to break things down, even though the, the curriculum guide was saying, you have to be on this page and you have to be on here and here. Yeah, you can still teach and still instruct, but it's a guide. I always emphasize it. It's a guide. It's not set in stone. If you need an extra day to work about factoring, take the extra day. I'd rather have the kids have that day to understand it than me throw a test at them. They're all fail. And then everyone's looking at you like, What's going on in your classroom? So if you need that time, take that time. So the success of this is after we worked together for, I want to say three months, all of a sudden she had, she started with an F or an E, depending on where you're from. And then she went up to midterm. She got a C. Her mom was like, she only got a C and she got tutoring. And some people think that you get a tutor, that means you get an automatic A. And no, it's no. <laughs> so with more scores, work, uh, those scores that were below into the scores that you did get and they come down to a C. Right. It's just like really interesting, but that's how some people perceive it. Oh, I got a tutor. I just paid money for something. That means I should get an A. But The child advocated for herself and she said, if I didn't have Miss Audrey, I wouldn't even gotten a C. And then the mother was like, okay. All of a sudden at the end of that school year, she was passing with an A. She never got an A ever in her life. And to see the following year. And just to see her progress. And even like we said, the posture, shoulders are back. Nails always done. Hi, Miss Audrey. Excited. 
She's like, guess what I did today? I helped the teacher with helping my classmates out during group. I was showing them how we do our math. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> isn't it the same way? She's like, yeah, but I like our way better. I'm like, oh, okay. And to see that, and now she's, I can't wait to get my driver's license. Like all of a sudden it just geared to other things. Mm-hmm. She wasn't thinking about doing before. And now she's like, if I can conquer this, I know I can drive. And I'm just like, all right, we're in a different state and I'm really happy. <laughs> Go and drive. Just don't wow. come to Maryland. <laughs> now, now. <laughs> She's up here in Pennsylvania, right? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh, fantastic story of how just breaking down those steps and having the time to break them down makes it so much better for the kids. It's really, it's hacking the neurobiology of the brain so that you can break that fear barrier and really get to the point where you're sending the material from your body, from your senses up to your cortex. We're supposed to be learning so that it can come back down and engage in in the math. It's just amazing the transition when we have the time to take with these kids. How many kids do you see that are like K-5-ish area versus 8-12 era? Most of my kids are like secondary. So I have mostly middle school, high school, and also some adults. Okay. Um, my adults are like the ones that are going back to school. They want to get a promotion. So they have to get their associate's degree. Some of them are going back to school to get their high school diploma after being away from school for so long. But then I have a couple mother-daughter and there's this daughter-father combo that they're both working the same class, but one's at the college level and the other one is in high school and I would tutor both of them. So it's just very interesting. So I don't really have too many of the younger ones, but I always keep hearing a lot, especially that transitional year between third to fourth grade. I don't know, like from third to fourth, once they get in the fourth grade, all of a sudden it's like a major step up. And there was a lot of people that were looking for tutors last year for like fourth grade math. That also falls back into what happened two years before that. And the nail that happened to everybody's education. I feel for kids that just finished second grade from the writing perspective, since that's where my subject matter expertise is, kids that are just finishing second grade this year never really had handwriting of any kind because they took school at home in kindergarten and first grade. And so they're getting to school. And I know a lot of second grade teachers are going, how am I going to teach them how to write? Nobody, they don't know. They just don't know. So they're going into third grade this year because it'll be interesting to see what happens in third grade. We had the Mm -hmm. same kind of effect years back when the government changed some of the early intervention, like the birth to three year rules. And I was then seeing them in kindergarten and first grade about that same time, that five-year mark, where they were going, why didn't they they help them and they didn't qualify? So that whole access to education is 
so crucial that all the steps go in in place, if that makes any sense. So oh, yeah. thank you for filling in those gaps for this the students. Do you have any good, quick takeaway, go activities that a secondary education math teacher or even an English teacher, do you have any quick takeaways that you could share that they might be able to utilize as they're coming back to school in September? Even though we were basically in full swing last year, a lot of our kids are still going to come into the classroom this year still with major gaps. Regardless if they've saw anyone during the summer or they've done like summer packets, I think some people like to do those. But even with any kind of assistance, there's still going to be a gap. The one thing that I would love for people not to say is don't say, oh, you've learned this before. I had a lot of students that like last year, they were taking Algebra 2. I knew it was going to be that sweet spot that everybody was going to need assistance on because two years prior was Algebra 1. So if we know anything about math, you have to get the foundational piece before you can go into the advancement. So a lot of kids didn't have the traditional Algebra 1 experience because of the COVID, the pandemic academic. So with that being said, there were so many people saying that I feel like the curriculum was going really fast, which they were. There are going to be some districts that is going to want to put a full year of Algebra 1 into a semester. There are some states and some districts that is doing that because they said, oh, we can fit all the math credits in this short time span. They're going to struggle because, yeah, a full year of Algebra 1, and this is how they're doing it. Say you have Algebra 1 in the fall. You don't have a math in the spring. Maybe the following year, you might not have a math class in the fall, but then you'll have, say, geometry in the spring. So you'll have a condensed version of Algebra 1 for a semester. I know, it's so lovely. And then you have a year of missing of math, and then all of a sudden you're thrown into geometry or you're doing yeah, algebra like one college. geometry. Yeah. That sounds like a college setup. That's what they're trying to do. And it doesn't work for high school. And if we got kids that have gaps prior, and then let's think about our special ed population as well. It doesn't work. It's not going to work. Oh, my yeah. heart going out for these kids. Oh, Wow. So your takeaway is you should have learned this already. Avoid saying it. Cover thy mouth. Yes. Hold Avoid and be patient. Going to have to be patient. We're going to have to be patient and we're going to have to break things down. And as best you can, try to use the curriculum guide as that, a guide. Yeah. Yeah, another thing that I keep hearing about is all the layoffs across education across the country. That's also going to impact this entire structure of how many kids are in the classroom. And I see that might be why this semester in a year is happening. Wow, that is not right. a good thing for math. Nope. Oh. Because a lot of people, officials don't understand math. 
So math is always the subject that, oh, they're over there. Because we do, we have our own language, we have our own approach, we have our own way of going through things. And if that person, that public official struggled with math, they're not going to want to do so much with math. They're going to want to do for the English, for social studies, for maybe even sciences a little bit. But it always seems like math struggles to find their place sometimes. I think there's also a a little bit more to that story. And I believe Mm -hmm. that a little bit more to that story is the research about instruction for the kids with the deficit. More Mm -hmm. money got placed in reading. They don't know what to do with math. It's what happened a couple years back. I was like, how can I help my kids with spelling? There's nothing out there. Nobody knew what to do to help support kids in spelling. And so I think math is ha- that's happening with math. And that's part of the reason for this summit is because uh, my co-author and I are releasing a book called Math Disconnected. And we are sharing five reference tasks, five activities that can help K through 12, and they are paired with the standards across the entire curriculum. Okay. When that comes out, you'll be the first to know because you're part of this summit. I will make sure that you are aware of it. And then you can take a look at what are some of these activities. Now, my co-author is a math teacher. So she has gone through and done a bunch of this research into the standards and how the Common Core math got started. And she talks about that stuff in the book, in addition to some of the other things. I came at it going, okay, so I'm the OT. I'm coming into the math classroom. I don't know what to do. How can I help you? And we discovered that this connection between misunderstanding of the standards, not understanding cognitive-based learning and everything. Anyway, our growth and our understanding of each other's discipline has grown exponentially. And that's where Math Disconnected comes from. So I'm it's looking for basically to that language, <laughs> that's that terminology, especially the transition from, let's say, for example, multiplication. When you're teaching your kids how to do multiplication, everyone uses the X symbol. Once you get into algebra, X is not the symbol for multiplication. That's why you'll see kids that will do 9X4 because they think the X is representing multiplication. So it's like how to get a little bit of that terminology meant early so when they go to the advance, it's not so foreign. And it won't stress a lot of the kids out. And then we have kids with the disabilities, with visual disabilities, who don't understand what any symbols mean. They don't understand what the A versus the one that you write A are and how they're all different from one another. And that so they don't understand what is that symbol that is a square root? What is that symbol that is a parentheses. Why is it even in a math equation? It's supposed to be in a sentence to block off a segment. What's it doing over here in math? So this confusion of not even understanding the connections between symbols 
and what they really are, these kids with the visual impairments and visual perception impairments, not visual acuity impairments, they are really struggling. And we need to just make sure we break it down so that they understand them. Right. Yep, exactly. Said. Yeah. I'm sharing this opportunity with everyone. Is there something that you'd like to share with the audience that can connect them to you? How do they find you? I am on most social medias. I just signed up for threads, which is very interesting on Instagram. We'll see how it goes. It's like a newer version of Twitter. It just got released. But I'm on Facebook and Instagram and also LinkedIn. And I also have a couple podcasts that's on YouTube. One's called Two Tutors Talking, whereas I use it as a platform to help parents to introduce them to different types of tutors and to show them like, hey, this is where you can actually connect with some other tutors as well. And then I also have my From the Classroom to Online Tutoring, my Facebook group, where I help a lot of people that if they're thinking about ever becoming a tutor, like you can actually do this as a part-time if you want, or maybe even as a full-time like I'm doing myself. And because we all know we're going to transition. That's what happens. Like sometimes we want to stay in the classroom. Sometimes we can still use our academic skills to basically achieve. But most of them is all on a link called Solo2 ACG Math Tutoring. And it has all my social media links on there. And we'll make sure that you have access to that in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining me tonight, Audrey. It has been eye-opening to hear some of that secondary ed since I spent a lot of my time in K-2 and some of the impact. I, I always was one of those I did really good at school math, but today, if I'd have to go back, if I wanted to go back and get my education degree, I'd have to take that praxis test. I'd be coming to you because I know nothing. I get the basics. I get the concepts sometimes, but John Ali will ask me a question and I'll look at her like, what planet are you from? (laughs) (laughs) And she goes, yeah, that one went over your head again, didn't it? <laughs> like, yep. And the connections that that yes. she makes and the kids are making those connections. I'm still out there in what? <laughs> Where did that come from? I don't know. But I'm doing my best to really make that connection to the math. But I'm down there with that basic math. Give me K to two any day. I can handle that math. <laughs> Not a problem. But here's the thing. We need that foundational because there's a lot of kids that probably didn't get it. So you are definitely needed. It makes my job way easier. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Audrey Codner, it has been a pleasure talking with you today. This has been Sherry Dutter from the writing glitch, and you have been listening to the Emotional Kids Summit. Have a great day, everybody.